Former Equifax CEO Richard Smith made his first appearance at a House committee today, the first of four appearances before congressional committees this week. His appearance came a day after Equifax revealed that the hack affected two and a half million more Americans than first believed, making a total of 145 and a half million Americans whose Social Security numbers and other personal information was stolen. Smith apologized for failing to live up to his responsibility of safeguarding the personal information of Americans and said the hack was the result of both human and technological errors. Republican Gene Walden of Oregon wanted to know why Equifax did not patch its software when the Department of Homeland Security alerted the company on March 8th to flaws in its software. The human error was the individual who was responsible for communicating in the organization to apply the patch did not. So does that mean that that individual knew that the software was there and it needed to be patched and did not communicate that to the team that does the patching? Is that the heart of the issue here? That is my understanding, sir. That was about two months before hackers began accessing Americans' personal information on Equifax's servers. My guests are Craig Newman, a partner at Patterson Belknap, and David Stone, a partner at Stone and Magnanini. Craig, I want to start with that information that we just heard uh, from a question by Walden of Oregon. Why wasn't it fixed, and why isn't there... Shouldn't there be more people involved when something comes in from Homeland Security saying there's a problem? Well, June, it was a software vulnerability that Department of Homeland Security knew about and issued an alert in early March. This kind of vulnerability, it's the basic blocking and tackling of cybersecurity, cyber hygiene. And what is clear from the testimony today is that there was a big ball drop, and the company admitted they got the Department of Homeland Security alert. They had the vulnerability. Um, They had scanning software in place that didn't pick up the vulnerability, and they didn't patch it until late in the game after they already knew that they had been breached. David, the timeline here is hackers seem to have first entered a system on May 13th, and they were in the system till July 29th when suspicious activity was first detected by Equifax's security department. Does that show a problem with the Equifax system if it did, took that long to see that there was suspicious activity? He, he explained different you know, reasons for why, why it took so long and how it's hard to find these things. Uh, it, definitely, it definitely shows a problem. I mean, the, the biggest issue in this case, and, and we're learning more every day, is you know, what did they know and when did they know it? And we now know that they knew about this weakness through the government agency uh, you know, in March 9th, and yet they didn't even detect that anything was going on until July 29th. They had scanning equipment that should have picked it up. It didn't pick it up. They had people working that were supposed to patch it that didn't patch it. And I, I think, you know, the, the, the admission in his testimony before Congress that it was both human error and technology failures is a really significant thing, specifically for the lawsuits that are going on now, one of which our firm has brought against this company, because they had an obligation to protect not only their customers, who we represent, but everybody whose personal information was in trusted to them. 
There's another couple of lags, Craig, that the members of the committee were very critical of. Equifax's security department, July 29th, learns of suspicious activity. The former CEO isn't informed of that until July 31st, and then the company notifies the FBI on August 2nd. Is that delay in itself a problem? Delays in and of itself during a data breach, June, are really difficult to say, well, this is too long, this is too short of a time. This obviously was a very, very significant breach. And Smith took a lot of heavy fire and grilling today over the timing. And specifically, he was asked, you know, when did you know about it? Why were these delays um, in, in informing not just senior leadership, but the board? And, you know, he came back to the response that, you know, look, we were working with the FBI. We were working with our outside data security forensics folks. And this is the best we could do. And that was really the refrain we heard most of the three hours of this testimony today. And David, so when you look at this whole this whole thing that went on today, there was there were also questions about the higher ups uh, who had bought, who had sold stock during the time, and that apparently had been approved by the uh, lead counsel at Equifax. What kind of investigations are going on about that? Well, there, there are a number of investigations going about, on about that, both by state attorney generals and, and the federal government. And uh, I think there's also some securities actions that either have been filed or will be filed. Because the question is, is this insider trading, did they delay telling the public uh, before they could sell this stock? They're, they're taking the position that they knew there'd been a breach, but they didn't know what it was. And during those three days between, you know, July 29th, and August 2nd, you know, they sold significant amounts of stock. So I don't think we know the facts yet, but but the chronology is, is very troubling. Craig, another thing that Republican Gene Walden of Oregon said, when you're looking forward to see what can be done in the future to, to stop this from happening, he said, I have colleagues that say we can double the fines, triple the fines. How does that happen? How And how do we pass a law that fixes stupid which he apologized for, but still said it. And the question is, how do you deal with these kinds of agencies that have this amount of information? Well, look, Walden and Representative Gunthrie asked exactly the right question today. And they, they took a step back and said, look, you've, you've taken a drubbing today. We get that. But let's, let's look at the bigger picture. And what could you as the CEO and Equifax have done differently looking in retrospect. And both times he was asked the question, he said, you know, I really haven't had much time for reflection. It's a question that I'm, I'm going to be thinking about at a later date. But that's really the key question in this entire breach from a, a broader perspective. You know, what can we learn about it collectively to ensure that this doesn't happen again and that companies really have an incentive to practice the best in cyber hygiene? In about 30 seconds, David, what's your best suggestion? I'm putting you on the spot, I know. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I think, yes, finding these companies, you know, having them have some skin in the game 
is critical. But I think at the bottom line is that you need belts and suspenders. You need multiple systems in place so you don't have a situation where one person in a company's failure to tell other people to make a patch can result in, you know, 145 million people having their personal in, uh, information breached. That was know, certainly it, a surprising. Thank you both for being on Bloomberg Law. That's David Stone, a partner at Stone & Magnanini, and Craig Newman, a partner at Patterson Belknap. That's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. We'll be back again tomorrow and hope you will be as well. Thanks to my producer, David Sutcherman, and my technical director, Charlie Vollmer. Coming up next, Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.